before the human race harnessed the power of fire, there was only darkness, an inky black foreboding abyss that concealed danger, mystery, and fear. Into that darkness, brave men would not venture, for as the map says, here, there be monsters. Good evening, and welcome to Here There Be Monsters podcast. I am your captain, Derek Hayes. Tonight, we delve into the depths of an iconic body of water in the Adirondack Mountains in search of an elusive creature simply known as Champ. But first, a little house cleaning. If you've witnessed a mysterious creature, UFO, ghostly apparition, or simply something strange, I want to hear your story. Without your story, there is no show, so please, give the hotline a call at 888-608-NIGHT. That's 888-608-6444. If you know someone that's had an experience, please encourage that person to call in. We need your tale to continue. Remember, there's a five-minute limit per call, so if you need more time, simply call back and pick up where you left off. I'll do the rest. Let's get back to the show. As a child, my family would sometimes be invited to join others on boating trips to our local lake. The lake wasn't large by any means, but its long, windy, narrow channels spread out like fingers across the flooded valleys, each three or four hundred feet across. The water was murky, dark, and stained with mud, algae, and tannins from the trees on the hillside above. Yet, this did not stop most from enjoying its warm waters, water skiing, tubing, or simply just swimming. But not me. I had always stared at the cloudy ripples and imagined the beast that dwelled just beneath, waiting to snatch an unsuspecting child from the surface. Not just any child. Me. Even as an adult, that fear sticks with me. What lies beneath the churning surface? What monstrosities dwell in the depths of our waters? That is the very question visitors of Lake Champlain have asked for centuries. Lake Champlain is a 125-mile-long body of fresh water nestled along the borders of New York and Vermont. Ever since humans populated the shores of this lake, stories of lake monsters have persisted. Both the Iroquois and Abenaki recounted tales of a monstrous serpent they referred to as Tatoskuk. The first white explorers to lay eyes on the lake were led by French explorer Samuel de Champlain, from whom the lake gets its name. Despite false claims, Champlain himself did not witness the creature, but since his discovery, hundreds have. 
all describing a similar creature, a long serpent-like animal with a thin head, protruding humps, and dark in color. The creature was so popular that showman P.T. Barnum offered a dead or alive reward of $50,000 back in 1873. To this day, sightings of the creature are reported frequently, many swearing that what they'd witnessed was not something known to the lake. Such is the case with our first caller of the evening. Here's his story. Yeah, hi, my name is Dave, and uh, I've been a sailor for many, many decades, actually. Uh, I had a sailboat on the Great Sakandaga Lake for a number of years, and a number of years ago, I moved it to Lake Champlain, uh, up at Westport, Westport Marina, and we were out on a mooring. Um, my uh, my wife and I were sitting on the boat one evening. It was it was almost dark. It was it was dusk. Um, and one thing we noticed on Lake Champlain that was different from the Sakandaga was that on the Sakandaga at night, all the waterfowl would get off the land and go out into the lake to escape predators. On Lake Champlain, at least around Westport, the opposite was true. Uh, all the waterfowl, the mergansers, the seagulls, ducks, whatever, would leave the seawall they were perched on all day and fly off the shore. They'd go to islands and they hit the shore. So we're sitting there. What was odd was um, a mother berganser came by with a baby. And they paddled up to the boat and they were quacking at us. They were looking for a handout. We didn't give them one, so they paddled off. And we, we couldn't see very far. So they're maybe, I don't know, 30, 40 feet from the boat. We couldn't see them anymore. And all of a sudden, this thing torpedoed through the water right towards them. It was going at least 10 knots. It was moving pretty quick. And we couldn't see it because it was too far away and it was too dark. And we heard a huge splash. Then there was silence. And then the baby started to peep for its mother like they do. You know, the peep, peep, peep. Um, another big splash. And then there was silence. Then there was nothing. And I looked at my wife and she looked at me and I thought, what was that? You know, we had heard about Champ. You know, and I didn't put much stock in it. You know, I figured there might be something to it. But there's also things like sturgeons and like that up on Lake Champlain. And they, I don't know if they prey on ducks or not. But So I did a little bit of research on it. And I, I was reading that plesiosaurs, which is what Champ is thought to be, um, could be one. And they hunt fish and waterfowl. Um, the other odd thing that happened to us was we had a guest on the boat sometime later. And on a sailboat, in your bunk at night, you're down below the water line. Um, so sound really really carries. You know, things like passing motorboats, you can hear them for a long ways off. Well, a guest and I were both awakened by something vocalizing underwater. Uh, I described it as, as being kind of whale-like, but, but a higher pitch, very, very high pitch. And it went on for quite a while, then it stopped. And... I don't know what in the world it could be because I've never heard a fish make a noise like that. I don't know what else. Of course, I've never heard a plesiosaur do it either. But I, I don't know what it could possibly be. And those are the only, I never saw Champ. I mean, I, I know people that claim to have seen Champ. I never did. Um, but I do know that it's very deep at Westport, which is a short ways from Port Henry, which is where there are a number of sightings. Just north of Westport are some cliffs where the water is very, very deep. My depth sounder, which reached to 400 feet, wouldn't register. And that's my story. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dave, for calling in. I can't imagine being in a boat in the middle of a darkened lake. 
known to harbor a monster and hear sounds reverberate through your vessel like that. I did a little research, and it turns out that lake sturgeon do not eat ducks, nor their ducklings. They are in fact bottom feeders. However, the northern pike, which is found in abundance in Lake Champlain, have been known to attack and eat ducklings. A quick Google search will bring up several videos of pike devouring cute little ducklings. It's not for the faint of heart. I was unable to confirm if they've been known to eat full-size waterfowl, however. Given their size, I highly doubt they'd have that ability. I should also point out that a plesiosaur, as Dave mentioned, was a marine, dinosaur-like creature from the Cretaceous era, thought to have gone extinct over 66 million years ago. This is a theory we will get to a little later. Thank you, Dave, for sharing your story. Our next call comes from Katie. She has extensive experience with Champ, but I'll let her explain that to you. Here's her call. Hi, my name is Katie Elizabeth. I had my first sighting of Champ in August 2012. I was camping at Button Bay State Park eating breakfast. Um, The lake conditions were calm. It was a sunny day. I would estimate it was around 11.30 in the morning. Uh, While looking out at the bay, I started to see some turbulence in the water. A blackish-brown colored hump rose to the surface. I estimated this animal was at least 15 feet in length and around 3 feet out of the water at the apex, according to a boat that was moored in the bay. It was evident this was a live animal as it moved with casual speed in the direction of ship's point. Then it slowly submerged. Uh, Growing up on the water my entire life, I am very familiar with aquatic species of all kinds, as well as boat wakes and other natural phenomenon. This did not fit anything I had ever seen before. Due to this experience, my interest in the study of lake monsters since the age of seven, I founded my organization called Champ Search. Over the last few years, my organization has captured video, audio data, and many first-hand eyewitness reports. We have recorded many ultra-low frequency sounds on our hydrophone system that have been analyzed by experts who have confirmed they are unique compared to anything known to inhabit the lake. Some of the recordings we captured during twilight hours aboard our research vessel were so loud that the external speaker that we use almost blew up. It was quite frightening to be out there in the bay uh, 11.30 at night and in the pitch dark and hearing three of these animals communicating back and forth. It was, it was really scary, to be honest with you. A fish, no matter what size, would be incapable of pro- producing this. Our goal for our organization is to officially identify and most importantly protect this unique species that inhabit Lake Champlain. If anybody would like to learn more about our full-time research, our website is www.officialchampsearch.webs.com. Our Facebook page, um, you can type in the search bar, Champ Search, and that should pop up. And we also have um, a book, Water Horse of Lake Champlain 2, which is available on Amazon.com. Um, If you go to our website and also on YouTube, you can check out any up-to-date videos that we have of our audio recordings and our ongoing research. Thank you for uh, letting me share my story of my first sighting of CHAMP and um, letting me share our ongoing research. Thanks. 
and I will link to all that in the show notes if you want to go over there and check it out. I've been in contact with Katie over the past few days, and she's shared with me a few of the hydrophone recordings that they'd captured, and she's even given me permission to share them on the show with you. That sound was recorded near Scotch Bonnet back in 2014. She again captured a similar sound in 2015. Here's that sound. Listen to how loud that is. That's insane. Both guys on the These sounds are indicative of echolocation, a hunting and navigation technique used by toothed whales such as dolphins, orcas, and sperm whales. The animals produce a variety of sounds by forcing air between spaces in their head that then produce rapid clicking sounds, which echo or bounce back to an oil-filled channel in the jaw of the animal. This enables them to get an imprint of what is around them without actually seeing anything. Here's an example of a sperm whale's echolocation. It's clear that the two sounds are similar, but does that mean that there is an undiscovered toothed whale in Lake Champlain? I will leave that up to you to decide, but I can confirm that a whale once inhabited the area where Lake Champlain now sits. Between 10 and 13,000 years ago, there was a sea covering the area in and around Lake Champlain. That sea was connected to the Atlantic Ocean through a direct waterway. The fossil record of the area has confirmed that belugas, fin whales, and even bowhead whales all occupied the lake at that time. Is it possible a few adapted to life in a freshwater lake and have remained there to this day? The lake is very large, but I don't know that it's large enough for an air-breathing creature to go undetected, save for a quick few sightings here and there. They'd have to surface for air frequently, which would make them easy to spot. In addition, the lake sometimes freezes over which would either make it impossible for them to survive or force them into small pockets where the ice has either been broken up or never developed to begin with, making it even harder to stay undetected. Perhaps the odds are too great for a possibility like this to exist. Our final caller this evening is another well-known champ researcher. Chances are, if you've done even the slightest bit of research on the creature, his name will have popped up. Let's go to his call now. Uh, hi, Derek. This is Scott Martis. <clears throat> I'm a fairly well-known field researcher that has been investigating the Lake Champlain monster since 1992. Anyway, I had my sighting in Burlington, Vermont in July of 1994, July 9th, actually, uh, around 11 a.m. from a park called Battery Park that overlooks Lake Champlain in Burlington. 
So I was sitting on a bench up on a bluff watching the lake with binoculars. Uh, I'd been doing this for weeks, hoping to see something, and I happened to look out over toward the left at about a thousand yards near a buoy, and I see this big hump looking back come up out of the water. I estimated it was about 15 feet in width, and in the middle of it was a smaller hump-like object, basically, uh, like I said, in the middle of it. And then it appeared to turn to the right, and this smaller object was over on the right end of the bigger object, and it began to swim toward the right. It was kind of a bobbing motion, like it was rocking, and, and this smaller object looked like a flipper to me. What I saw in silhouette was very similar to what you see in the Eric Olson uh, champ video from May of 2009. It was sort of a garbage bag color, a blackish green color, and very much reminded me of the color and texture of what you see on a leatherback sea turtle, which is the largest known living sea turtle. But this was much larger. This was like a set around 15 feet long. And it swam to the right for a few seconds. The whole, the whole sighting probably lasted 20, 30, 40 seconds. And then it stopped and then sank like a rock. And it was gone. And uh, as far as I know, no one else that was there that day saw it. I mean, I didn't start yelling and screaming. I was just kind of in shock. I mean, as it was happening, I was just, you know, kind of mesmerized, and then it was over. Um, and unfortunately, I didn't have a camera with me. But later that day, I went home and made sketches. I sent you copies of the sketches I made that very, very day. And uh, a few blocks down from where Battery Park is, is a boat pier called Perkins Pier. And I had seen some boats go by before and after my sighting. And I recognized the type of boat and the general size of it. And it was roughly the size of my creature or whatever it was I saw. So anyway, I went down to Perkins Pier and looked at the different boats and figured out that one similar to, to one of the ones I had seen going by was, was around 15 feet long. So that's where I came up with the 15 foot um, S size estimate. So anyway, uh, I'm still investigating the Lake Champlain monster. I'm planning an expedition for June and uh, we're also trying to get additional funding and if any of your listeners would like to contribute, you can go to GoFundMe and punch up Lake Champlain Monster Hunt. It should take you right to it. So anyway, that's basically it. And um, uh, I hope you found that interesting. Thank you, Scott, for giving us your time. As with Katie, I will put all his links and the sketches he sent me into the show notes of this week's show. I'll also post a link to the Eric Olson video he referred to in his call. As Scott said, if any of you are feeling generous, head on over to his GoFundMe page and send him a little something. Even if it's only a few bucks, anything helps, and I know he would appreciate it. Most, if not all, these researchers donate countless hours and spend ungodly amounts of money to further their own independent research. 
It's the least we can do to help them out. As for Scott's call, I really like the details of it. His description of the creature was very detailed, and I especially liked the way he determined the size of the beast. I hope that more witnesses learn from him and adopt similar methods. Now as for what he saw, he described it looking like a leatherback sea turtle, which we know does not live in the lake, nor does it grow to the size that he reported. The only turtle that would live in the lake that could even get close to that size would be the common snapping turtle, but at the very most they only grow to be about 100 pounds and a few feet across. So what did he witness that day? Many still suggest that the creature inhabiting the lake is the before-mentioned plesiosaur. But I have trouble with this claim. For starters, that animal disappeared from the fossil record 66 million years ago. I realize that not every animal that dies becomes a fossil. That's common knowledge. But you'd think that at least once in the past 66 million years, that one would die in the perfect circumstances to become fossilized. Among other challenges, the plesiosaur was an air breather. So just like the marine mammals, these animals would need to breathe air, which would put them at the surface frequently, and in turn would make them far easier to spot. I love the idea of a dinosaur swimming around down there, but I just can't see how it's possible, no matter how badly I'd like to see it. So that leaves us with the question, what is down there? Clearly hundreds of witnesses over hundreds of years have seen something. Be it a large fish, strange waves, marooned marine mammals, or even dinosaurs. Or perhaps it's a combination of all those things. Whatever it is, I'm happy we have people like Katie and Scott out there looking for it. Perhaps they will one day capture the definitive proof needed to blow the lid off this mystery once and for all. That's it for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening. You have no idea how much fun I'm having putting these shows together and I really appreciate you spending time with me each week. So let's keep the party going. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Head over to the website. It's www.heretherebemonsterspodcast.com and check out the show notes for each show for additional info, including links from tonight's callers. Support the show by visiting my Etsy page, The Rag and Bone Emporium. Pick up Van Gogh's ear, John Wilkes Booth's finger, an Egyptian mummy's phallus, or any number of strange appendages. You can find a link to my shop on the Here There Be Monsters podcast website. As a bonus to my listeners, punch in the coupon code MONSTER for 5% off of your purchase. Don't forget to call in your own personal story. The more you call, the better this show gets. Alright folks, have a great night, thanks again for listening, and until next week... 